Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Russian President Vladimir Putin called the U.S. dollar's drop in dominance, quote, objective and irreversible during the recent BRICS summit in South Africa as Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa formally agreed to use local currencies instead of the U.S. dollar. It's the first shoe to drop. As demand for the dollar weakens, the buying power of the dollar also weakens. That's why Birch Gold Group is busier than ever. Investors and savers are looking to harness the power of physical gold held in a tax-sheltered IRA. Text Monica to 989-898 for your free info kit on gold. Thousands of happy customers, an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, and countless five-star reviews, you can count on Birch Gold to help you navigate transitioning an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. As the U.S. dollar continues to receive pressure from foreign countries, digital currency, and central banks, arm yourself with information on how to protect your savings. Just text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free info kit from Birch Gold Group right now. Hey guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Monday as we kick off a brand new week. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. Please follow me on social media. On Instagram, I am at Monica Crowley underscore, and on Twitter and True Social, I am at Monica Crowley. You can also send me an email about this show. Let me know what you're thinking. The email address is Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. That's Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. I see them all, I read them all, and your email might be next because we read them at the end of the show. So sit tight. All right, on Wednesday this week, coming up just in two days, my friend, the great Laura Ingram, is going to join us right here on the podcast. Crowley and Ingram ride together. (laughs) It's going to be something. I'm telling you, whenever Laura and I are together, whether it's on her TV show or radio or I've done her podcast, it is pure fire. So you're not going to want to miss this. I promise you, (laughs) Wednesday is really going to be something. All right, today I want to deal with the end of COVID, which the CDC and the corrupt, power-mad Democrat communists that run it think they're just going to let it sputter out with a whoops-a-daisy. I don't think so. Also today, we're going to have a chat with our friend Emma Jo Morris. She is the politics editor at Breitbart.com. She recently spent a day with an illegal alien who had crossed the border Uh, because Texas Governor Greg Abbott had bussed him to New York City. 
So he's one of thousands of illegals that both Governor Abbott and Arizona Governor Doug Ducey are busing to places like New York and Washington, D.C. to give those blue hellholes a taste of their own medicine. What she found was totally eye-opening. You can read her piece up at Breitbart.com, but I wanted to have her here to recount what she discovered, which is, it's really, it's unbelievable, but it's also totally believable. So you're going to want to hear her story coming up. All of that and more straight ahead. First up, the Monica Memo. So we didn't have time to cover this last week with the uh, two useful idiots, Liz Cheney and Brian, Lord of the Idiots, Stelter, getting canned and America becoming a slightly better place as a result. We needed to cover all of that and primaries and so on. But there was a huge story that got little traction. It was everywhere, but it got little amplification And the amplification that it did get was just, oh, yes, 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 rather than questioning, debating, and conversation about it, because the ruling class and propaganda press want to keep you low information and therefore more easily controllable. If you are a low-information American, you are much more easily controllable, and that is their goal. So they feed you propaganda, they feed you lies, and then they've got the amplification of the the mainstream press, the propaganda press that just runs with it. So it gets amplified, reinforced, and then accepted as truth, or at least accepted as a basic premise. So when you're watching all of the other networks, all of these premises that I always tell you guys to keep focused on, watch for these red flags, understand what you're being fed, All of those things just go out. They get reinforced over and over again. You know, people say, oh, conservatives talk about the same thing over and over again. Well, because the left is, and they're reinforcing the lies. So we need to go out with the truth and keep reinforcing the truth. But if an individual is low information, and that was Rush Limbaugh's phrase, and man, that was a brilliant phrase, because you're not talking about the intellect of the person. You're not saying they're stupid, although they might be, but you're not saying that they're dumb. You're saying that they are low information, meaning they don't have the truth. They don't have the full array of information to make an informed choice. They are low information. And that's what the press cultivates, and that's, of course, what the Democrat communists running the deep state and the rest of the government cultivate as well, because if you are low information, you can be more easily controlled. So last week, the CDC and the leftist totally political head of the CDC, Dr. Rochelle Walensky, came out and said, yeah, gosh golly, we made some mistakes during the COVID pandemic. Here she is being interviewed as part of a CBS News report on the changes that the CDC says it's going to make now. Listen. Was the agency up to the task of handling this pandemic? I think our public health infrastructure in the country was not up to the task of handling this pandemic. Dr. Rochelle Walensky is vowing to revamp the CDC after its response to COVID-19. We made some pretty public mistakes and we need to own them. This admission came after the CDC received the findings of an external review she ordered of the agency. 
The CDC says the review found the agency's COVID guidance was confusing and overwhelming. Why did you go ahead and commission this external review? You know, I think it's really important to understand the great work of this agency, but also to admit to areas where we needed to improve. We owe that to the American people. The CDC says its new objectives are to share scientific findings and data faster, translate the science into practical, easy-to-understand policy, and develop what Dr. Walensky called special forces to fight future pandemics. We do now have an agency that has intense scientific expertise at almost every area of public health, which is a real gift. And what we really need to do is raise those folks outside of their silos. Do you think they're up to the task of now changing their whole culture and thinking of themselves more like special forces that can be deployed wherever they're needed? I have no doubt that they're up to the task. Okay. There is a lot there, <laughs> okay, and I want to take take it all apart. Let's start with the fact that she did the full media tour on this. She did all of the networks. They all got interviews. Back during the Lewinsky scandal, it was called the full Ginsburg because Le- Monica Lewinsky's first attorney forget what his first name was, but his last name was Ginsburg, and he did all five Sunday shows on one morning. He did the full Ginsburg. And then later during Benghazi, it became known as the full Rice because Susan Rice went on all five Sunday morning shows and just lied through her teeth. So it, it, this is the full, the full Rice, the full <laughs> Ginsburg. I guess now we can call it the full Walensky sounds like a high wire act, right? The full, the flying Walensky's. Um, so she did all of these interviews and this was obviously a very well orchestrated media rollout, which is what all agencies do when they've got something important to say or a president or a white house, they do a full well-organized media rollout to that extent. That's fine. But in this case, look deeper which is what we do on this podcast and which is why you listen. We look deeper. They want the country to absorb the, what they're calling mistakes. They want the country to absorb the mistakes line of BS instead of, no, they, they certainly don't want us to know that these were not mistakes at all. So you see what they're doing? It's much easier and effective for them to fall on a gosh, golly, we made a bunch of mistakes, line of BS, our bad. Rather than you know the truth, which is that these were not mistakes at all. They knew exactly what they were doing all along. More on that in a minute. They did this full court press to reinforce the mistakes narrative. They want you to believe that they weren't prepared for the pandemic. They never saw it coming when Fauci was funding the research. When the virus was circulating in China, I mean, months ahead of us, they knew exactly what was coming. For God's sakes, Fauci was, you know, leading the charge on the actual virus. But this is how dumb they think you are. They think that... They want you to think that they were caught completely flat-footed here. Holy cow, here's a new virus. 
only they'd been working on it for a hell of a long time with the CCP. That's what they want you to believe in all of this. And they want you to believe that last week's full Walensky is an apology tour. Oh, gosh, golly, we're so sorry. We're like, so sorry. It's no such thing. This is a spin tour. We made mistakes, our bad, we'll fix it. Instead of the truth, which is we knew exactly what we were doing. We did it all on purpose. And the purpose was to stop Donald Trump from being reelected, to halt the booming Trump economy, and to crush you. That's the truth. But of course, they'll never tell you that. So you get this BS fake apology tour. Second point about this. Walensky says that they're going to restructure the CDC to make it more responsive to future crises. You heard her in that, in that clip basically say that. So they say, well, we, we want to be uh, more prepared for the next crisis, which they're probably planning right now. Then she says, we're basically going to weaponize the divisions within the CDC. Now, she didn't actually say weaponize. She didn't say, you heard her there. She didn't say, we're going to give them guns like they're doing to the IRS. I mean, really, the IRS being armed. Why don't we just send the armed IRS agents to Ukraine instead of a billion dollars a week and be done with it? She did not say that, but what you heard her say is that basically we're going to stand up these divisions, have them communicate. You heard this a lot after 9-11. We're going to start taking down the walls between intelligence and law enforcement so that they can communicate better, etc., etc. Well, she's now making the same argument for the CDC, but what she really means is that they're going to essentially weaponize them. I don't mean actual weapons, guns, and things like the IRS now has. I, and I don't know, I, maybe eventually they're going to arm these CDC bureaucrats. Who knows? But what she's saying is we're, we're going to stand them up now basically like an army. So when the next Fauci CCP special virus gets inflicted on the world, the CDC will have these divisions ready to mobilize faster to crush your freedoms. That's what this restructuring is all about, just so you know. Where is the oversight on this? Where is Congress? Where's our team? Senator Rand Paul has been fantastic on this, but he's only one guy. This should be at the top of every Republican member of Congress's list of priorities because they are going to do it again. Only the next time they're going to be far better organized. Far, not prepared, because they were prepared, far better organized in terms of systems ready to go to crush your freedoms. This was a test run, and we all complied. I want to handle that on the other side of the break, all right? There's, there are a couple of really, really big points that I want to make that you do not want to miss. Plus, we've got Emma Jo Morris from Breitbart on illegal immigrants swarming now in the Northeast cities, and those mayors are complaining like crazy, and it's a beautiful thing. So more on this when we come back. Okay, everybody, listen up. 
We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol, eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. Flu season is here, and I trust Field of Greens to help me stay healthy. Field of Greens works fast and tastes so good. It's really delicious, guys, and you'll feel better with more energy And you'll notice your skin, hair, and nails will look healthier too. I certainly noticed that in me since I started taking Field of Greens. If you don't always eat right and exercise, join me and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Okay, welcome back. So we're talking about the CDC and their whoops-a-daisy last week that cannot be allowed to stand. And there are a couple of really big, big points I want to make about all of this. So we took apart her statement yesterday that they're trying to sell as an apology tour when in actuality it is a bury the truth tour. Our side, our side, lacks three things that the other side has in spades. One, imagination. The left is constantly cooking up new and creative ways to destroy the country. Our side has zero imagination, not just to to fight back, but to anticipate what they're going to come at us with, whether it's stealing elections or pandemics or whatever. Our side completely lacks imagination to think of ways to defeat them, but also to anticipate what they're going to throw at us next. That is a critical point. Number two, organization. They're always organized to carry out their plans, and they always learn how to better organize for the future. That's what Lewinsky's comments were all about and the restructuring of the CDC that she's talking about. And three, an army. They have an army, and in some cases, like now with the IRS, like a literal army to execute their plans. They've got the propaganda press, the culture, unions, young people, big tech, big media, big corporations, the Democrat communists in government. They have a standing army to mobilize at the drop of a hat to get into the streets, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and just with the flip of a switch, go out there and burn the country down or act in in other ways that are sanctioned by the, the Democrat, communist, leftist powers that be. They've got a standing army ready to go. We do not. They have these three elements and we do not. That's why they win and we do not. 
So we've got our work cut out for us here, guys. And we know what we need to do, but it is a heavy lift because the left has been doing this for decades. So they've got it perfected. And now they've got the bodies. It's like dealing with China. They've got sheer numbers that advantage them. And we do not. And when I say we do not, I often talk about the great silent majority, and that is true. We are still a majority, and there still are more of us than them. But when I say that they've got the numbers, they've got the numbers that are willing to go in the streets, engage in this kind of violent mayhem or subversive mayhem, or whatever we take apart on the show, whatever the left is doing, they have the numbers there to affect the change. They control the levers and they've got the bodies willing to go into the streets or the bodies willing to carry this out in the deep crevices of government and the culture. And we do not. So all of this now is, it's really something. I mean, we we have long known that this pandemic and the government's response was not about the virus, not about the shots, not about any of that. It was only and always about power and control. That's crystal clear now. And so Fauci says he's going to retire when Joe Biden leaves. Good. GTFO. But if Fauci thinks he's going to retire to Martha's Vineyard and play golf and pinochle with Barack Obama, I don't think so. I don't think so. We need a COVID accountability project. Fauci, Burks, who just admitted in her book that she admitted that she manipulated data and covered things up and misrepresented things to the president of the United States. Walensky now, oh, our bad, whoops. No, no. These liars ruin the country. They ruined American lives. They ruined livelihoods. They ruined children. They ruined mental health. They drove people to suicide. They destroyed everything in their path. They held back therapies that they knew worked to mitigate illness. They pushed ventilators and experimental shots knowing that they were big risks. They lied about masks. They lied about the data. They lied about everything. While at the same time, amassed unprecedented power for themselves, which is what all of this is about. And a massive wealth transfer from us to them. Also what this is all about. And they did something else. Something in in my mind even more serious. They tested our willingness to comply with direct orders. We failed that test. Fear is the ultimate weapon, and they knew it, and they leveraged it against all of us. And because of that fear of the unknown, fear of illness, fear of death, so many just so willingly and quickly gave up their most precious freedoms rolled up their sleeves. Oh, I'll take this experimental shot. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to go on a ventilator. I don't want to die. I don't want to kill grandma. All of the lies that they gave us, and I'm not saying the virus wasn't real. It was real. And a lot of people got sick. A lot of people did die. Why? Why? 
they knew that certain therapeutics before they had these experimental shots would at least, at the very least, mitigate illness. They knew that if they isolated the most vulnerable, that that would work to some extent. The elderly, the immunocompromised, those kinds of people, if they separated them out and really cared for them. Also, almost in like ICU kind of situations that those people had a better chance. But they didn't do any of that. They went down a different road and you've got to ask yourself why. And we know now why. But they were also testing us and we so willingly and quickly because of fear And it's understandable, but we gave up so much of our freedoms and gave them so much power. And we didn't raise any questions. Or if we did, we were silenced. We were ostracized, banned from polite society for raising legit questions, thrown off of social media. So there were a few of us brave souls like Naomi Wolf and Robert Kennedy, his own family. The Kennedys are like, oh, we don't don't approve of what he's talking about with these shots. But the vast majority just accepted what authority figures like Fauci and Walensky said, and they did it. But they weren't just amassing power for themselves and testing our willingness to be sheep. They were also conditioning us to believe that cherishing our freedom is selfish. To get us to a collectivist mindset, to get us to collectivism which is what communism is. This is part of what the Great Reset is all about. The movement of free societies toward neo-Marxism, economic Marxism, cultural Marxism, political Marxism, with, of course, them at the top. Marxism is about the vanguard. Karl Marx and, and Lenin talked about this as well. The vanguard. The vanguard in communism is the elite ruling class that is supposed to bring the peons toward communism and institute everything, all of the institutional functions of communism, bring the people to it. And then once it's achieved, once communism is fully achieved, and it goes through different stages, starting with socialism and so on, but once you achieve full communism, the vanguard is supposed to, in communist, in Marxist theory, it's supposed to wither away, Marx's words. The vanguard is supposed to wither away, and the people are supposed to govern themselves. That is the ideal of communism. But given human nature, the vanguard never, ever withers away. They remain in place. The ruling class lording above everybody else, enjoying the fruits of money, including private jets and dachas on the Black Sea. They live the good life while you're slaving away with an equal share of poverty and misery. That's what it's all about. So that, that's their big project here. And the, the COVID uh, rampage was a test run to see how we would respond. And unfortunately, so many of us failed that response. They leveraged fear. We fell into the fear. All totally understandable as a human response. Totally get it. But we failed. We failed big time. And they know it. And they are armed with that information. The problem for them, though 
is that now we are awake, not woke, we are awake to what they did last time. There has to be a COVID accountability project for all of these pathological liars, these evil individuals, starting with the evil little garden gnome, Anthony Fauci, who knew exactly what they were doing. Do not buy this mistakes were made nonsense. They knew exactly what they were doing and they did it all on purpose. So ask yourself, what is the purpose? We just laid it out here. Never forget what the purpose is. You know, they want to bury all of this under current events. Trump raid, uh, economy, whatever. Remain focused on this. Do not forget what they put us through, where elderly were forced to die alone because they would not allow their families in to be with them in their final moments. That is a crime against humanity. Killing grandmas and grandpas in Northeast states by piling in thousands of COVID-positive patients into nursing homes where the virus just ripped through and basically killed everybody. Thousands and thousands of grandmas and grandpas in New York and New Jersey and Michigan and elsewhere where Democrat governors pulled this crime. Do not forget. Don't forget that they made little kids eat outside in blisteringly cold weather with their masks on, just affecting their development and basically engaged in child abuse. Do not forget any of what they put us through, crushing small businesses, destroying livelihoods, crimes against humanity, withholding, smearing therapies that they knew would work, at least in terms of mitigating some of these symptoms. What they did is one of the biggest crimes against humanity in the history of the world. They know it, they did it on purpose, and the purpose was power and control, global wealth transfer, stopping Donald Trump, crushing the global economy in order to institute their great reset, also known as a neo-Marxist globalist arrangement, which none of us voted for. That's what all of this is about. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to the great Emma Jo Morris of Breitbart.com. We're going to switch gears and talk about the catastrophe at the border. And now these red state governors like Abbott and Ducey are taking it upon themselves to bus some of these immigrants up to Northeast states. Hey, sanctuary cities, come on in. And these Northeast mayors like Adams in New York and Bowser in D.C. are having complete meltdowns about this. Well, Emma Jo spent a day with one of these illegal aliens. Fascinating stuff. She's going to talk to us about it coming straight up. But before we break, guys, the recession is here. We've been warning about it for a while, and now it is legit here. We've got negative economic growth two quarters in a row, so the economy is shrinking. And on top of it, we've got skyrocketing inflation with consumer prices at a 40-year high. It's really the worst of all worlds because we've got stagflation. And we know the lesson of history, how painful it's going to be to get out of this economic quagmire. How are you and your family going to navigate these turbulent economic times? Well, text Monica to 989-898 and get a free information kit on how to diversify and protect your savings with precious metals. 
with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, Birch Gold Group is your trusted precious metals professionals. And Birch Gold Group is standing by right now to help you make gold history's most stable asset part of your portfolio now. So text MONICA to 989-898 and get real help from Birch Gold Group today. Again, text MONICA to 989-898 to claim your free, no obligation information kit on how to protect your hard-earned savings with gold. I'm MONICA. We're coming right back. Joining me now is my friend, Emma Jo Morris. She is the Breitbart News politics editor. You can follow her on Twitter at Emma Jo NYC. And speaking of NYC, she just spent some time there because she spent a day with an illegal immigrant that was bused from Texas to New York City. And she wrote a fantastic piece at Breitbart.com about it. So please go check it out. She joins me now. Hi, Emma Jo. Good morning, Monica. Thank you so much for having me on. Good morning. I'm so happy to have you here and as always to talk with you. So this piece really is an eye opener. And I've been encouraging everybody all morning long to go and check it out. Why did you decide to go to New York City to do this to spend a day with one of these illegals who was bust up from the border? So um, it was kind of funny the way it worked out. So I live in New York City. I live in Brooklyn. Um, so it's not um, super far away from Port Authority. Um, and uh, I got a tip. The way it all worked out was I got a tip from Bob Price, who's a colleague at Breitbart News. Uh, he's in Texas. And he told me um, the night before, uh, there's this bus coming to New York from Texas because uh, we knew that that Governor Abbott was doing this and that he was sending them to Washington. This has become a crisis in Washington, um, or at least the mayor is saying so. So um, th- now the buses were going to be rerouted to D.C. And the first bus was coming. Um, and he just called me and said, hey, do you want to go report on this bus arriving um, and, and you know, see what happens? So I said yes, obviously. I, I couldn't, you know, I figured – it would be fun to see it, to do some, you know, in-person real shoe leather reporting. You don't see that much anymore. There's not many mm-hmm. opportunities sometimes to do that now. So I was like, I was excited. So I was going to go meet this bus at 7 a.m. the next morning. And, um, and so I go with kind of an open mind because I'm not sure what I'm there to, to see. And I write that in the piece. Like I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. Is this bus just coming and letting people off on a corner? You know, like what or or is there going to be I, I figured the government, you know, somebody from the government of New York City would be there. Um, you know, I, I wasn't sure what I was going into. So I had like a completely open mind. And as I write in the piece, um, I, I get there and they, basically nothing happened. So the bus comes. Um, Port Authority wasn't even aware that it was coming. The bus just shows up and uh, and uh, these people get off. Some volunteers were there, not from the city. Um and uh, they handed out burritos and everybody was on their way. And I couldn't believe my eyes. I could not believe my eyes. Like there was so much irony in all of this and there were so many interesting lessons in all of this. Um, so, but anyway, so they left these people off um, and, and that was it. They hand out burritos and that was all. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to do an interview. I'm going to peel somebody off and do an interview. So I found this, what appeared to be a family. It turned out it was not a family. It was just a single man. 
But anyway, I ended up taking him out for breakfast on the Upper East Side. <laughs> That's and, very generous uh, of you, Emma Jo. <laughs> well, I, I, wanted to, I wanted to get an interview, and, and I figured Port Authority, where the bus station is, um, if the listeners don't know New York City well, it's, it's really the epicenter of the homelessness crisis in New York, which was another yes. ironic kind of detail in this story, was these people are being dropped off with no sense of how to get around this city, and obviously, who are going to need social services, the city brought them there. The city, not brought them, but invited them tacitly by calling themselves a sanctuary city. And, and it's just the, the, um, the desperation of the people who are around Port Authority is, is something that is almost like a third world country. Um, yes. You have people like Monica, as I'm sure you're aware, you know, you have people lying on the ground, you have people um, high, um, you know, strung out. Um, it's it's and, and in mass and it's the entire neighborhood in Port Authority. Um, so so it was just, you know, there was some sort of metaphor there of the decadence of our leaders and of I, I call it barbarism by bureaucracy, where it's like you are so detached that you're making these decisions with absolutely no concern with what's going on on the ground and no concern with what your decisions um, mean, um, like practically speaking, what they mean. And, and, you know, then you just have these people show up on top of that. And um, it's just cruel. Well, you and know, I realize that it, it is absolutely cruel, but the cruelty is sort of the point because it's all in service of a much bigger goal, Emma, which is the fundamental transformation of the nation. It's about flooding the zone and changing the very nature of the country. So they don't care about the actual individuals on the ground. That doesn't matter to them at all. I mean, they say, the Democrats always say, well, we're the party of compassion. No, they're not. This is not compassionate at all. And as you said, you know, they're handing out burritos. I mean, yeah. is that racist? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But, you know, there was a story in the New York in the New York Post that they were also being handed cash. Did you see any of that? Wow, I did not. Um, I was only there on the first day, so this all took place on Friday, a week from today. Uh, sorry, a week ago today, and um, I did not see that. I did not see that. I saw volunteers handing out bags that were, were labeled "Save the Children." It's unclear if those volunteers were from Save the Children or if they were from the city. Um, but, but they were handing out Save the Children merchandise and burritos. And that was all I saw. I did not see cash. That okay, because the, the New- to the lead of the story. <laughs> yeah, no. The, well, the New York Post had, and there was some video imagery of a man trying to hand out cash. Some of them took the cash, some of them didn't. But the New York Post also has a story. Uh, Emma, about how at least one illegal uh, alien who came into New York City was like, oh, this place is bogus. I'm out of here and got back in a bus and went to Washington, D.C. So I guess they felt like New York was too much for them and they were going to Washington. Did did any of these migrants that you talked to or the one that you spent the most time with, did they indicate that they were going to stay in New York or that they were going elsewhere in the country? Well, so actually, um, the it's funny you bring that up because actually last night I was out with a friend who is Spanish speaking and she, I was telling her this story and she was dying. Obviously it's funny. Um, and she was like, well, what's he doing now? And I said, I don't know because if my, 
if the listeners read to the end of the story, there's a twist in the end, which cuts off our communication. Um, and, and I won't say it on air. I'm not even sure I'm allowed. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and so I, I lose communication with him after this full day and, and that was it. And then my, so my friend last night was saying, um, what happened? And I said, I don't know. And, and she said, well, do you have his number? And, and I said, yes. And, um, she was like, well, let me just talk to him. Let me just text him. So I said, okay. And I handed her my phone and she communicated with him a little bit. And he said that he was in Atlanta, Georgia, mm. because he had nowhere to stay. So yeah. it seems like maybe they come to New York thinking, which is, which seemed what to be what was going on in my circumstance with this guy who I was talking to, where they come to New York thinking it's, you know, the city of dreams or something. And, and, um, they realize that it's really hard to survive here. <laughs> for for really any of us. That's kind of the fine print. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for any of us. Never mind if you're coming from a foreign country and you have no money and you don't speak the language. And it is it is so cruel. I mean, the policy is absolutely cruel. But again, that is the point. And, you know, the governors in Arizona and Texas are doing this to make a point, but also to try to begin to alleviate some of the pressure on their own communities and on their own states of this massive flood of about 4 million illegal immigrants have come across that border since Joe Biden has become president. And all of these left-wingers like Mayor Adams and Mayor Bowser in D.C., that they're all out there talking a good game about being sanctuary cities and embracing the poor, unwashed masses coming across the border who just want a better life in the, in the U.S. Well, they're here. Now put your money where, where where your mouth is. And these Northeastern mayors are now out there complaining that just the couple of thousand that have come into their cities, never mind the four million that have come across the border flooding the U.S., but the couple of thousand that have descended on their cities are now straining their city's resources too much, and they need help from the federal government, and they're out there complaining about it. Well, what did they think that these small working-class border towns have had to deal with for a year and a half? Well, that's it. And, and so, you know, I think that you're right. I think you're exactly right. And I think that there's two types of people on the, Demo- on the Democratic Party and on the left. Um, there is the type that you said earlier who just have no regard for this country and have no regard for the working people of this country and, in fact, think that they're inconvenient um, the way, in the way they vote. And they want to bring in people to, to eventually vote differently. And, I, and then I think that there's another element, which is just this bourgeois attitude um, where they are not involved, they are not on the ground, they are not at Port Authority, and they think that they're doing something good for the world or good for humanity or good for these people or, or something. Um, and, and they have no concept of, how, of, of the strain and the burden that illegal immigration puts on the city and on the community. No, so no, and, think, and, yeah, and Emma, I got to stop you. And, I got to stop and, you. you. Know, they we'll don't get along. They don't know, but they don't, they don't care. That's the point. They don't care because their eyes are on a much bigger prize, which is the fundamental transformation of the nation. So they don't care about these people and they they don't know to care. They they don't want to care. Let me ask you this. I've got two additional questions before I let you go. You've got an interesting exchange in your piece in Breitbart.com about this, where you're talking to him and you're saying, you know, why did you decide to come now? The summer is hot, especially in Texas. The economic situation here in the U.S. is 
isn't particularly good. We got raging inflation and the rest. And he says to you, well, now is a good opportunity. And you say, what do you mean? And he said, well, I couldn't come during Trump. And then he sort of uh, made a gesture, meaning the wall was being built. But now he was happy to come because of Biden. So obviously, yes. all of these people know to come here because the incentives are here because this administration has an open border policy. Exactly. It was it was that was a remarkable exchange because, you know, he wasn't giving me talking points. This guy wasn't coached. It was it was pure honesty. And he said straight up, now is the opportunity. Now is the opportunity. And that's what they're that seems to be the word on the street, obviously with with you know in these communities which is now is a good time to come he said and i and i kind of actually got a little bit deeper into that conversation with him where i said we you know because he said trump i can't come because of trump and he gestured with his hand and he said wall he said wall and i said you couldn't and, and then i said were you worried about getting deported you know i asked him these questions and he he said it explicitly and plainly Biden provides the opportunity to come, meaning these people know that not only is the border open, but the catch and release policy is in effect. Yeah, uh, the incentives are there and the message has gone out. Uh, Never mind uh, Kamala Harris's don't come. Don't come. Everybody knew that was a lie and she didn't mean it right, of course. So all of this incentives remain in place. The wide open border remains in place and will so through the end of the Biden administration. So we could be looking at, I don't know, we could be looking at eight, 10 million additional illegal immigrants coming over the wide open border while Joe Biden is president. This is an absolute travesty. This is a crime against this country. It is destroying our sovereignty, which, of yeah. course, is the point. And I want to thank well, you for writing that you piece. Can say, you can say don't come, but the border is open and you're doing catch and release. Right, right. I mean, everybody knows that that was just a pure political lie. And so, of course, they're coming. And why wouldn't they if the border is open? Of course, they're going to take advantage of that. So we could be looking again at eight to 10 million additional illegal immigrants coming across that border over the entirety of Joe Biden's presidency, which is a crime against this country. It should be an article of impeachment among many that the Republicans should do once they gain control. Before I let you go, Emma Jo, uh, talk to us a little bit about where we are on this Hunter Biden investigation. He is off on vacation, footloose and fancy free with his father and uh, Dr. Jill and the rest of the Biden crime family. They're on vacay for two weeks. Not a care in the world for Hunter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Soaking up the sun. In the meantime, um, there is a news story actually this morning from the New York Post, Miranda Devine, my my colleague, and and Emily Crane, another former colleague from the Post, who... um, Said, who reported this outrageous story that apparently um, the computer repair shop owner who, who Hunter Biden signed his computer to um, originally, um, which is how we got it, that he apparently has been um, hustled by the FBI. And, and the, the headline says FBI agents threatened to hush him up. Um, this is new um, and breaking just in the last few hours. Um, I had never heard this before. Um, but John Paul MacIsaac, which is the name of the computer repair shop guy, says that two federal agents came to his shop in t- December 2019 to take the laptop, which we knew. Um, and then um, the, the agent paused and turned to him, he says, and says, um, it's our experience that nothing ever happens to people who don't talk about these things. 
Um, and that is a threat. Nothing yes. ever happens to people who don't talk about these things, meaning the alternative, which is people who talk about these things, something happens to. Yeah. It is. It's completely outrageous. It dovetails with what we've been talking about all morning here, which is the raid on President Trump. You cannot have law enforcement acting like organized crime. And you certainly can't have the, the nation's premier law enforcement agencies, the DOJ and FBI, talking like organized crime. Well, that's it. I mean, this is outrageous. This is mind-blowing. They're acting like gangsters. That's, that's a exactly. confrontation. Exactly, exactly. And they do it, Emma, because they know that they can. There's nobody holding them to account. Everybody in these agencies, at least at the top, are all on the same page. So they're all protected. There is no investigative journalism apart from you and Breitbart and a few others uh, uncovering this stuff. Miranda Devine at the New York Post, um, certainly you. But but where is the propaganda press? They're nowhere to be found. So their feet are not being held to the fire. No one is questioning this because no one's investigating this because they're all on the same side and it is completely outrageous it is tearing this country apart and destroying our constitutional foundations which is exactly their point but i i love that you're staying on top of this your bravery and courage in the face of these kinds of threats coming at you well, for uncovering this like, as well listen this is like once you're involved you know in this story this is this is a story where it's an example of people of this country being explicitly and blatantly and obviously taken advantage of. Yes. And, and listen, I was raised by a person who works hard. You know, my dad worked so hard, just like our listeners, you know, and, and I ra- was raised watching that. You work so hard and you just want to provide for your family and you pay your taxes and you follow the law and, you know, you do your responsibility, your civic duties and your societal duties and your community duties and, and, this to me makes me sick because I think about him and I think about the people of this country. And when it comes to Hunter, that was really what my motivation was in that whole thing was like, this is for all the people in this country who are, who are my dad, you know, yes. and, and them being just totally, totally robbed. And, and I just couldn't stand it. it. It made me sick. And now this, again, now the next iteration of it is law enforcement, just again, acting like gangsters, no, this is not what, what these people are paying for. This is not what the, my dads of this country are paying for. And, and we deserve to have answers. We pay them and they are accountable to us. And, well, you know, you know, subject. on that, that point, and we've got to leave it here, Emma Jo, but on that point, you know, people like your father, who always worked so hard and did everything right and raised a beautiful family, obviously, um, now yeah, they're going to face an armed an armed IRS agent may be showing up at their door and or an FBI agent. I mean, this is where we are in this country, that the people who make this country run and are good and decent people are now under fire because maybe they vote the wrong way or maybe they think the wrong way. And it is completely outrageous. But Emma Jo, we've got to leave it there. I want to thank you so much for joining me this morning. Emma Jo Morris, of course, the Breitbart politics editor. Go check out her piece at Breitbart.com about spending the day with this illegal immigrant in New York City. It really is eye-opening. And thank you for your bravery and continuing to cover Hunter as well, Emma. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. You got it. Have a great day. Okay, guys, time now for the Monday email bag. First of the week, let's go. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. Rob writes, 
I'm testing to see if this email goes through. I've subscribed to your podcast. I like what you have to say. If this goes through, I will say more. Well, hi, Rob. Yes, your email has come through to me, and I look forward to hearing more from you. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Thank you so much for subscribing to it. Great to have you with us. Jim writes all the way from Sydney, Australia, mate. Monica, watching clips of Cassidy Hutchison's testimony at the January 6th hearing was a case of deja vu all over again. Adam Schiff's fingerprints were all over it. And her performance was so bad, but so obviously coached, schooled, and rehearsed by Schiff and his staff as to what to say and how to phrase it. It was her voice, but his words and legalistic terminology. It was 100% inadmissible hearsay. I overheard words to that effect, etc. It was another version of Trump's Ukrainian phone call transcript 2.0, that shift read into the record in Congress. It was absolute bovine excrement and a totally fabricated and phony performance. Whether it was Anita Hill in 1991 at the Clarence Thomas confirmation, Christine Blasey Ford in 2018 at the Kavanaugh confirmation, Alexander Vindman and the rest of the Ukraine impeachment, or Cassidy Hutchison on January 6th, They're all extras, performers, liars, and fraudsters, and all wheeled out to betray the Democrats as a desperate weapon of last resort and stitch up their political opponents. Jim, I could not have said it better myself. You are exactly right. The left has a long history of lies, smears, hit-and-run attacks against their opponents, all in the attempt to not only destroy them, but to stop the movement they're a part of, whether it's the conservative movement, the Tea Party movement, or the America First movement. They will stop at nothing to stop us. And they get plenty of useful idiots on our side to join them, unfortunately. It's a constant battle and truly evil. Thank you very much, Jim. That was an excellent email from Sydney, Australia. Thanks, mate. Tee up those emails to me, Monica Crowley Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, that's a wrap for me on this Monday. Have a great start to your week. I'll see you right back here on Wednesday with my good friend, Laura Ingram. It's going to be pure fire. So we'll see you then. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.